everybody, it's Randy Cardoon, and welcome to another edition of Talking About Cars. Everybody has a car story, and some have more than one. iCarly alum Nathan Kress joined me from Irwindale several months ago before he raced in a celebrity race, a race where his car dropped a key part of the drivetrain on the racetrack. Well, now he's advanced to driving in the Long Beach Grand Prix celebrity race sponsored by Toyota. So, Nathan, how's that transition going? Uh, I'm completely a fish out of water compared to that experience. The training that I had there was mostly different just because it was a different car. The, the function is different. The reason why it's on the road is different. And it behaves in a completely different way. There's no power steering. You have to muscle the thing into position. There's cannon wheels. The thing wants to turn left. If you want to turn right, you're in trouble. It's The, the brake points are different. The line is different. The, the amount of braking that you do is different. You, you don't roll in these cars. It's always either gas or brake. I, I basically had to unlearn almost almost everything. The only thing that I was able to sort of retain was just how a clutch kind of works. <laughs> Beyond that, it was it was a completely, completely different experience. Well, at least now you have a speedometer, and if I'm not mistaken, you have a rearview mirror. I do. But there were, well, that's the thing. There were rearview mirrors in those cars, but they're so you know filled up with uh, spoilers and everything in the rear view, you couldn't see anything anyway. So they didn't really do you very much good. But they also, they said the same thing here. They encourage you not to use your mirrors as much as possible, except when you're going in and out of a turn for safety reasons, because it's a it's a major psychological thing to see someone filling up your rear view, and if you look at it too long, you will, if you're looking in the rear view, you're not looking at the road, you know, and that's going to cause you to miss a braking point, miss a shifting point, or something that's either going to cost you the race, or cost you your car when you take it into the wall, so it's really, really important to not, they, they kept saying, don't drive your mirrors, and that's one of the things that's hardest to to do because as soon as these guys get competitive they're like oh no you're not passing me that'll make you do something stupid or make you forget to do something safe and then everyone's in trouble is that your biggest challenge so far here out on this track and this kind of racing or is there something else the, the biggest challenge as far as having other people around me or the biggest challenge of these these kind of cars this kind of racing it depends on how you're approaching it I mean I as far as your expectations I feel like it would be much harder for the person who is planning on being in first place and is planning on holding on to first place and finishing in first place that's not your plan no my plan is to finish because we all know what happened in Irwindale granted that was not my fault now so. just for those who did not know you were doing pretty well and all of a sudden a certain car part fell off your car a pretty Important one, the uh, the whole drive shaft thing. Yeah, yeah that, I don't know. I don't know. It's a big, yeah. big white thing under the car. Uh, I'm curious. Just let's go back to that. You're driving along. Take us back to Irwindale. You're driving. How did you know something was amiss? <laughs> well, I think the massive explosion was probably the first <laughs> indicator. I actually, it was interesting. I was I was coming out of the final turn into into the front straight, and I just heard a big kaboom, and I felt my my whole car raise just a little bit, and so to me me, I thought that what it's what it sounded like and felt like was that both of my rear tires blew. And I was like, I have no idea how that could possibly happen. It's a 10-lap race. It's not like they were, you know, too hot or I didn't run over anything. So I didn't know what was going on. But then when I didn't hear, you know, the err of, like, the rims on the ground, I knew that, that couldn't be it. And then all of a sudden the smoke happened. And that's when I was I was thinking, okay, this is definitely not a tire issue. Big indication that there might be something amiss. Yeah, there was, there was that. And then there was this whole thing where the panel that covers the shifter was exploded up and was banging into my arm. 
And the interesting thing about those seats is that when your arms get locked into place and you're strapped in, you can't move them. So I just have this panel going ba 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 on my arm, just saying, "Hey, something's wrong. Something's wrong." <laughs> and I hear my spotter over the radio saying, "Okay, you're smoking. Let's go ahead and pull off to the right. Slow down. Let everyone pass you and come on into the infield." <laughs> and so at that point, when he said, "You know, you're smoking," I thought I was on fire. And then I remember the whole thing where they forgot to do the fire drill with us because we didn't we ran out of time during practice. So I was trying to remember like, okay, once I pull off, I'm gonna be on fire. How do I get the net down? How do I get my belts off? How do I get out without looking like a moron? And you know, doing it with a Hans device and everything and unclipping myself. And so I was trying to remember all that stuff. But by the time I slowed down and got into the infield, I was able to sort of, well, not really look around because your head's locked into place. But I didn't see fire or anything. I wasn't getting ready to pull the, the fire system, the halon gas system. Um, and fire safety was, like, already there by the time I got there. Um, and one of the guys came up, and he just looked inside the cabin, and he said, yep, that was your drive shaft. And then I looked around and saw, you know, the pace car come out, and there was just fluid everywhere all over the course. And I was, what's funny is I was mad, but I was so relieved because there's an amazing thing about having mechanical failure on a track. You get so many benefits because you don't have the pressure of finishing uh-huh. and, you know, messing something up right at the end. You have the benefit of the doubt to say, I could have done better, but my car wasn't up to snuff slash exploded. Right. Or you can just say, you know, look, it wasn't meant to be. My car just was not was not there with me that day, and I had a great race, and it wasn't my fault. I didn't wreck the car, so the money still went to the charity. So it was it was a win win for me, and my mom was really happy about it. So oh, so obviously the fact that you were okay, yes, and the fact that your uh, reputation was non sullied by that whole incident. It wasn't exactly. your fault the drive shaft came out. Exactly, that was the first question I asked when I got out of the car. I was like, this wasn't my fault, right? Did I do something wrong? And they're like, no, no, no. There was I talked to guys. After that, I, I had a friend who had been watching races there for years, and he said, I have never in my life seen that happen. And I've been here almost every race for the last 15, 20 years. So the fact that that happened just made me think, like, you know, why, why not? Why wouldn't it happen to me? You know, the, the one massive thing that is never supposed to happen happened that took me out of the race, made me able to avoid Mark Paul Gosler and Eric Valdez going at each other. I was able to, you know, get in front of a couple people, and then I could have said that I could have passed more people, and then I ended up winning the fan favorite award. So I still, even though I, I, even though I didn't finish the race, I still got an award out of it. So that worked, you know. I, all things considered, I had a great time. Was that a trophy, a fan favorite award, or? Yeah, yeah. The um, the people, the the participant who got the most people to come out to the event got the fan favorite award. So um, when they when they went in, I guess they they just said, "Who are you here to see?" And then people said, "Friday." So yeah, so that was that was really cool. Still have that plaque. And then it was actually it was kind of awesome. Um, my dad. As soon as my drive shaft blew, my dad went over to one of the pit guys and said, "Hey, can I get a piece of that?" Because it was like debris all over the all over the thing. And they said, "Look, after we're done analyzing it and figuring out what what went wrong, yes, you can have it." And uh, Tim Huddleston, the guy who trained us, he actually autographed it and everything. And uh, my dad got my pit pass, my my VIP like placard thing, um, and a bunch of pictures and stuff, and actually put it all in a lit shadow box thing and gave it to me for Christmas. Oh, how cool is that? Best 
best Christmas present I ever got. So now it's in the middle of my house, on the mantle, right front and center. My big memory, just this twisted shard of drive shaft. It's really cool. I mean, honestly, there, there's no way that I could have asked for it to be better. So uh, which body part of this car do you expect to take home with you? You know, at this point, <laughs> potentially a whole clutch. <laughs> because... There are a couple points um, where ship because the the nice thing about racing those S2s is that once you get into gear, you're done. You just get it up into third from stop and you're done. You race in that. You you know you downshift when you're getting off the track and everything. But with this, that's part of the race and part of the reason why you're able to go fast is going from first to fifth to you know back down to third, up to fourth, down to second. You know, so if I wasn't solid on that, which I think I'm getting a lot better. I can honestly say that I can do it now. But even just in practice, when when that adrenaline is going and you're cramming that thing forward, I, it's so easy to miss a shift. I had no idea how easy it is to miss a shift. Because in all the video games that I play, you just press the shift button and it works. They don't take into account the... I am so nervous, I'm freaking out, my hands are shaking, yeah. I'm pushing it an inch extra away from me, which yeah. is taking me into completely the wrong gear, but I'm going into a turn, so I have to deal with it until I'm on a straightaway, because otherwise, if I downshift in the turn, then I spin out and I crash into somebody, and that's the end of it. So that's been one of those things that I just I had I had no idea what was what was involved. So I've I mean I've learned a lot, but the question is going to be if all of that stays in my head by the time we're ready to race. <laughs> Who do you think the best driver is? Your biggest challenge? Oh, that's that's really interesting. Um, I know that the big competition is going to be probably Brett Davern and uh, and Alfonso Ribeiro because Alfonso won a couple times and he he races just in his off time. That's just his thing. Brett won last year, so he is coming back to kind of defend himself, but he's going to be in the pro division. I am hoping that I don't see a pro. Unless there's an aborted start or something goes wrong, I'm hoping that they will not be able to get past me. They might. I, I have, I'm not going to be surprised if they do. That's just my goal. So... Technically, I'm trying to not consider them as competition because they're in a whole other division. If they win first, they're just winning the pro division. So I'm trying to think celebrity-wise who I'm most worried about. Uh, Speed-wise, I think uh, Maslow, James Maslow, is very fast. But I also think that he may take it too fast and get a little excited and then get squirrely. Um, you figured this whole thing out, it sounds oh, like. Been, you spent I, a lot of time thinking about that. I've been examining everybody. <laughs> when, when we're taking breaks and everything, I'm just, like, standing up by myself just watching people. Yeah. So there's there's people. I, I have a list of people that I'm worried about for crashing into me and people that I'm worried about for being faster than me. Okay, forget the faster part. Who are you worried about that's going to crash into you? Robert Patrick. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. We Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't say that except that we almost crashed into each other twice. There is incredible footage from practice. It exists somewhere, and I can't wait to post it. There's one, I kid you not, we we did a ballet of automobile goodness inside of a turn where he ended up trying to, I don't know what he did. Basically, he ended up doing a 180 spin in front of me. And so we ended up just kind of going together, and then we crammed to a stop. We were probably six inches nose to nose. 
And so we just had this look to each other like, did that seriously just happen? And then, you know, he went off into the dirt and I, I was able to keep going because I stayed on the track. Um, and then we, there's, there's going to be footage of that because they had cameras on our cars. So I can't wait to see what that looked like. And then there was another one where he was, I was taking him inside of a really wide turn and he was taking a pretty early apex and coming in steep. He didn't see me on the inside until it was almost too late. And that's the one that I was positive we were going to crash into each other because we were pretty much going side by side and then right at the last second he realized what was going on and he swerved and I swerved and we both stayed on the track on that one but then he also at, at the exact same time he was shifting and he missed a shift so then and he was going uphill so then he started slowing down and I stayed in the right gear and then everybody else he was mad he was <laughs> mad so I'm I am worried that he is going to be like the the road road tyrant and we'll have know, to ask him that yeah, right, he, cool. he has all kinds of things to say. So Robert Patrick's going to be interesting, but I think he, and for that reason, he's going to be an interesting challenge, you know, working on working on being anywhere near him, depending on how we qualify. If I qualify in front of him, then hopefully I don't have to worry about it. But honestly, I actually, it's interesting. I think my biggest competition as far as who I'm going to be qualified with and who I'm going to be racing with mostly is going to be Trisha Helfer. Because she is, she is fast and she is the most consistent racer out here. I think she's the only one who never spun in practice. And she, we're, we're right kind of on the same level as far as whenever we go out at the same time, I can't pass her and she can't pass me. So we're, I have a feeling we're going to qualify pretty close together and I think we're going to be duking it out for a lot of the race. And that's going to be really fun because she's a really fun person to drive with. And she was there in Irwindale too. So I know, I know a little bit of her style. So it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. iCarly alum, Nathan Kress. Check out our other Talking About Cars podcast here online with the likes of George Barris, Jay Leno, John Force, and Mike and Ed from the TV show Wheeler Dealers. I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me next time as we have some fun talking about cars.